You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears had some important developments in their general manager and head coaching searches on Wednesday, both involving candidates from the Indianapolis Colts. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook. Join the LockedOnBears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Today's episode of Locked On Bears is brought to you by our friends at OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition all the way through to the Super Bowl. On the show today, we check in on the latest developments, including a general manager candidate choosing to withdraw from consideration for the Bears GM job. Evidently doesn't want it or doesn't want to keep going through the process at the very least. We'll go through some ideas of maybe why or potential factors or reasons why a candidate may have wanted to drop out of that job and what it means for the rest of this search moving forward. We'll talk about the GM candidate that Bears players seem to have at least be expressing some support for. We can go, it's a little too far to say, you know, that he's the favorite or whatever, but at least some verbal, visible public support for one general manager candidate in particular. And then also we have the Colts defensive coordinator getting a second interview, the first head coaching candidate to formally be announced as getting a second interview. I believe it's not going to take place until like Monday or maybe sometime over the weekend. But regardless, a big next step in the search for a head coach. But before the team has a general manager in place, we'll kind of check in on how this whole process is going and where we're sort of where we might have some questions here about picking a head coach before picking a general manager. But we start with the Colts assistant general manager, Ed Dobbs, formerly, I guess he didn't really announce, but the formal reporting of him re- removing himself from consideration for the Bears general manager job. And it raises some questions right away of, of wait a minute, why would someone go through the whole first interview then decide, you know what, I don't want to continue in this process anymore. You know, is it a matter of, you know, is, is, is it too far to say he doesn't want the GM job? I mean, I guess if he wanted the GM job, he would keep interviewing for it. But it's easy to sort of say, oh, well, candidate doesn't want the job. Therefore, the job must not be desirable or must not be viewed as desirable. And I don't think it's that simple or it's that easy. I mean, especially in the NFL, right, there are only 32 general manager jobs. Everyone has desirability because there's such a limited supply of them and so many people who would kill to be an NFL general manager. So I don't think the Dobbs withdraw is necessarily a reflection completely on, you know, the quality of the opportunity available in Chicago because to some extent there's only so many opportunities. And and yes, there's some speculation that, you know, Dobbs is a guy who has done this before. He has turned down or withdrawn from GM searches in the past. And this seems to be the more, you know, the more, the most plausible of the explanations. It's just that Dobbs is looking for something in particular about the GM job that he might be most interested in 
or, or want to take, and that maybe he's waiting for the right opportunity because, yes, there are only 32 of them, but sometimes you only get one shot. In a lot of cases, you get one opportunity to be a general manager, and if you don't do well in that first opportunity, it can be very difficult to get that second opportunity. And so perhaps for whatever reason, you know, Dobbs just doesn't quite feel that right opportunity in Chicago. And that's not necessarily purely a reflection of Chicago, but it's about, you know, what his ideas and what his goals might be and and how those may align with the Chicago Bears organization. And just because perhaps Dobbs's ideas and goals don't align with the Chicago Bears organization doesn't necessarily mean that the Chicago Bears organization is wrong about those things, right? It can be just a difference of opinion on certain things. I, I would agree that, you know, George McCaskey hasn't given Bears fans a lot of reason for benefit of the doubt in that type of potential conflict there. But still, it's there, there's something there. You know, you wonder, is Dob, was Dobbs looking at some sort of, and, and at this point it's all sort of speculation. We don't know why Dobbs has withdrawn, but as we go through potential reasons or ideas that it could be, you know, it could be something where maybe Dobbs wants certain powers or wants to change the organizational or front office structure in some ways that maybe George and Ted and Bill Polian aren't willing to do. You know, what what exactly that would look like, we, we just don't know, but that that's the kind of thing that could be part of this conversation. Maybe Dobbs wants to have more control over picking the head coach and maybe he doesn't like the way that the team is also going through the head coaching search at the same time. And maybe that's part of why he might want to step back from that. Maybe he views the Chicago Bears' roster as it currently stands as too much of work. You know, maybe he's not a big fan of, say, Justin Fields, for example. Not that it's too much work, but just it's not, you know, it's not as plug and play and it's not the right opportunity that he feels like he can come in and clean it up and make it his roster. I mean, I can see where any of these types of things could be part of this equation. I mean, I think... We've seen some some rumors that maybe he he just had a, a bad interview. I don't even know what that means. I mean, a, a bad interview. I mean, he's he's interviewed for these jobs before. It's not his first time. It's just I, that one I have a little bit of trouble putting a ton of stock into without any details added to that conversation. But there's also this idea that you know the Bears are also interviewing another member of the Colts front office, Morocco Brown, who is a former Bears player, and that maybe. Dobbs is sort of saying, you know what, Morocco, this one's yours. If you want it, you go after it. And I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get in your way and take that opportunity from you, right? So I think it can be a combination of these sort of things that, you know, that for whatever reason, the Bears job didn't align with what exactly Dobbs might be looking for as a general manager candidate. And again, I come back to feeling like that's not necessarily the poorest, uh, that's not necessarily a poor reflection on the Chicago Bears. Like I think comparatively, right? There, there was, when you look across the NFL, I, I, I don't remember the teams exactly, but I believe it was the Texans quarterbacks coach was the one who, yeah, it's the, the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the Houston Texans is Pep Hamilton. And the Carolina Panthers asked to interview him for their offensive coordinator job. And he said no. And that one you can read a little bit more into of like, he doesn't want to leave the Texans for the Panthers job. I mean, there's there's a feeling that the Panthers offensive coordinator spot is not a super, super desirable spot to be in right now. And the fact that someone would turn down leave, jumping from the Texans to that role may be indicating some level of what the, the league-wide perception is of that offensive coordinator role. I don't think that quite applies the same way to this Bears general manager job, at least not yet with just one candidate in Ed Dobbs 
withdrawing when he also has a history of withdrawing from previous searches for whatever personal reasons he may experience. So I don't think that's all that big of a crisis. There is, however, one candidate so far that Chicago Bears players have come out publicly in support of. We'll, we'll kind of go through what we've heard and, and what we know about Champ Kelly as a GM candidate next on Locked On Bears. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at OnlineGambling.com, here to help you get an edge in all of your sports betting needs. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving bettors the edge all throughout the playoffs. We had some pretty big blowouts in the wild card round, but we're setting up for some great potential divisional round matchups here in the NFL playoffs. And we always seem to get some kind of upset or some kind of some kind of fun battle here. And it's I don't think there's going to be any massive, massive swings in terms of upsets in this round. But I'm particularly interested in seeing you know, how the Bengals handle the one-seed Titans. And I'm kind of ready to see the Bengals upset the Titans. I'm just not ready to fully believe. If I'm going to predict an upset in this divisional round, I'm going to call Bengals over Titans just how well the Cincinnati Bengals played last week. But hey, you can find a ton more betting odds and even picks throughout the playoffs and up to the Super Bowl in the OG tips section at OnlineGambling.com. Make sure you visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news tips and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most out of this year's postseason. The Chicago Bears are, are cast a wide net in both the GM and head coaching search. And the GM is the only one that has had an internal candidate interview for that spot. It is, of course, the Bears' assistant director of player personnel, Champ Kelly. And among the titles of the candidates, his is, I guess, the least impressive sounding. I mean, he's not... He's not the bear. There's a there is someone in the organization, and depending on how you view the hierarchy, maybe multiple people. But like he has a boss below between him and the general manager role, right? He's not second in command in this Bears front office. He's like third in command underneath the full director of player personnel. It's it's him, and then below him is Champ Kelly, and yet Kelly is the one that gets the head coach, or excuse me, the general manager interview here for the Chicago Bears, and it stands out because. A few different prominent Chicago Bears players and one former Chicago Bears player came out publicly on social media in support of Champ Kelly as a GM candidate. Khalil Mack tweeted just the word champ with a bunch of P's at an exclamation point in response to the Chicago Bears official Twitter account tweeting about the general manager interview candidate interview that they did with Champ Kelly last week. Right? He wasn't just tweeting about some other Champ, some other champion. It was directly about Champ Kelly. He tweeted Champ with like, it's clearly like endorsing him or giving him some sort of show of support in that tweet. Uh, Tariq Cohen on Instagram just posted to his Instagram story a black background with white letters, the words Champ Kelly. And again, both of those are not saying explicitly, I want my team to hire Champ Kelly, but you know, they're not posting about any of the other GM candidates. And so it seems to indicate something when they specifically do go out of their way to mention him by name in reference to him getting interviewed for the Bears head coaching job. The third one was former Chicago Bears Sam Acho tweeted, and I quote, few people care about players the way Champ Kelly does. 
Few people know how to evaluate players the way Champ Kelly does. Few people know how to bring the best out of the players the way Champ Kelly does. Passionate, no ego, brilliant football mind. Where he goes, success will follow. And it's possible he could go somewhere else. He did have an interview with the Las Vegas Raiders this year. I don't know if the interview has already happened or if it was just scheduled, but he was on their list of general manager candidates as well. So it's not just the Bears taking a look at an internal candidate. I believe, was it last year, the Denver Broncos interviewed Champ Kelly for their general manager position before ultimately going in another direction. Of course, Champ Kelly used to work for the Denver Broncos is where he got his start and ended up sort of following John Fox to Chicago as it worked out at the time. And I so I think it's, I don't know, I, I struggle a little bit with this because it's like, yeah, it is notable when the players have thoughts on their general manager search and, and make them public. I, I do think the Bears should consider, at least to some extent, the thoughts of their players in the general manager search. You don't want to completely ignore them. And it's very good that, hey, that they like this candidate. That means something. But it shouldn't mean everything, right? I mean, we can be, we can, we can be nuanced about it where it doesn't have to mean nothing. But it doesn't have to be like, oh, well, you have to hire Champ now because that's who the players want. Well, no, the players players know Champ Kelly because they have they've worked with him for a long time now. So of course, like having the familiarity is going to make him seem like a stronger candidate to them. But they don't know all the other candidates, and it is more important that the Bears get the right candidate, not just the candidate the players know well and like particularly well. I do think Champ has some very intriguing qualities as a candidate. You know, like I said, he's not. He's not exactly the traditional candidate in terms of the being in the job where you make the jump to GM. Usually, you you know, he's assistant director of player personnel. Usually from that role, you get promoted or hired to be a director of player personnel. Not, not the assistant, but the full director of player personnel. And then it's the directors of player personnel that end up getting the GM jobs, right? It's sort of that, that working your way up the ladder type structure. And, you know, sometimes those structures are garbage. Sometimes those structures are you know, oppressive or hold down candidates or can work to suppress certain candidates and keep people in certain roles and not allow certain people to grow. That's right. I'm not saying the Bears should follow that structure every single time. I'm just saying, stating more that it's it's non-traditional or it's abnormal for a, for a candidate to make that jump compared to all the other candidates that the Chicago Bears are interviewing. But I do think, you know, Champ brings an interesting background here of evaluating experience and ability that, He's a candidate already who has, you know, he's, he started as a college scout for the Broncos and went up through their college scouting department and then made the jump over to the pro scouting department. So, you know, he's done a lot of work on the NFL draft, then did a lot of work on the pro personnel is more like scouting all the free agents and every player on every roster on every other team and tracking them throughout their NFL career. So it's not just saying, okay, here's what we graded this player when he was in the draft, but like, here's how we've seen him grow on other teams. So then if he becomes a free agent later in his career or becomes available via trade, the pro personnel department is the one that really has a full evaluation of every player already in the NFL that sort of stays updating with them as they go through their careers. The team can always be prepared if that player becomes available to them. And so he's got both sides. You know, sometimes you get a candidate that spends their whole career in the college scouting side and it works as a scout to an area scout to a, you know, director of college scouting to then director of, you know, you know, working your way up that whole side and just making that jump to GM from there, having never done the pro personnel side and vice versa. You have some guys that only do player and pro personnel 
work their way up to those top spots and become a GM, having never done college scouting. And like, yes, whether you're scouting a college player or an NFL player, it's a lot of the same skills. You still need to be able to evaluate talent of a player and, and playing football, right? I mean, it's you still need to know what's a good cornerback and what's not. But I think there are some different nuances to knowing a college kid and how he may grow and what you know where he can still develop as opposed to knowing guys already in the NFL who might be a little bit more entrenched in what they are as players as they get later in their careers. So there's some, some different back and forth to it, but Champ Kelly has both. And that's valuable. That's intriguing as a GM candidate. There is, though, more to being a general manager than just player evaluation, more than just scouting college and pro players. I mean, you have to understand team building and roster dynamics and roster construction and salary cap and salary cap casualties. And then also you need to have, you know, relationships with coaches and being able to build a coaching staff and being, you know, a leader and a, a face of the franchise, have an identity, have a direction for the organization and really, you know, be a, be that true top of the whole food chain for the team. And so that's the thing where Kelly, like any other candidate, you, you, you try and figure that out in the interview, but you don't really know fully until they're in that seat and get to do that job again. One other thing with, with Champ that makes this interesting is that he is the internal candidate. And so, you know, he's been under Ryan Pace for the last, you know, however many five plus years. I don't, I don't remember exactly which year Champ made the jump to Chicago, but like he's been in this organization for a while. So, you know, it, will, would there be a perception of like more of the same, you know, because it's the same, he's worked under Pace, it's sort of the same tree of general managing, you know, front office tree, you know, would it be, would he be new and different enough from pace? I think personally, like, yes, he's, he's his own person and has his own idea. Sure. But like, I do wonder if the perception, you know, it seems like the ownership cares a lot about the perception of their moves and the perception of the bears. And would the perception be that this is just replacing Ryan pace with one of his own, you know, I would say offspring, but one of, one of his own, front office members, one of his own tree. How, how different would things be? The perception might ask, how different are things going to be if you just promote someone who was already part of the previous front office that wasn't having enough success to leading to the general manager being fired? So it's interesting. And I it, it's notable that the players are having a say in it. And I'm curious to see if they end up having any sort of actual influence in this process. But I do think it's more important to get the right candidate than to get the candidate that the players want. Same goes for head coach. Haven't seen any like direct endorsement on head coaching candidates just yet. We did see our first second interview scheduled for the Bears head coaching search. And we'll kind of touch base on Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus and, and how the Bears are going about this process of going through these head coaching searches while still not having a general manager in place next on Locked On Bears. People think that unusual circumstances means complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and you're renting it out, or maybe you're getting paid in crypto and you're not really sure how that's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation and can answer all of your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole tax filing process for you. I know there's new deductions starting from 2021 now in the 2022 tax season. 
some the little things change every year, and it can be really hard to keep up with all of that. But that's why I, I really trust the TurboTax Live experts to help walk you through it and make sure you're getting the best tax return possible. Whether you launched your own startup or, or working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, I know <laughs> I'm doing that. An experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the ent entire filing process, or they can do all of your taxes for you from start to finish to make sure that you get the tax deductions you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. Chicago Bears are doing their thing with the head coaching search. Now, before they've even finished all of their first round interviews, they've already reached out and have a second round interview scheduled for Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. Now, I believe they're going to be interviewing, I think, Leslie Frazier on Friday. They've got Todd Bowles on Saturday. I think Dan Quinn's also this weekend at some point. And Byron Lefwich is one of these days as well. So, like, there's still, like, four, at least four other candidates that still have to do their first interview. But they're already scheduling Eberflus for his second interview, which, again, yeah, it's going to be Monday the 24th is what it's been reported as so far. And that's one way to go about it. That's an interesting way. You, you would think like you might go through all the first round first and then look at your whole list and say, okay, who for sure do we want to interview a second time? Now, maybe Iberflus blew them away so much in his first interview that it was like, yep, we need to talk to that guy again because I believe all the first round interviews have been Zooms or, or some sort of virtual remote call, not in person. And for how long? I mean, I guess probably may vary by candidate, but you know, it's it, there's something a little bit less formal about that. I mean, it's still a very formal interview, but you know what I mean? It's not as, not as rich, not as well-rounded, not as in-depth of an interview when it's, when it's done over Zoom. You just, you, I think we all know by now at this stage in the pandemic that that type of communication is not the same as face-to-face -face communication. And so I would, I would imagine the second round of interviews may be more actually face-to-face. -face, and that's part of the reason why you do a second interview with certain candidates. And, and maybe Everflus blew them away so much in that first round that they, they said, you know what? We need to see this guy more, regardless of what the rest of the candidates do, because he wasn't the first interview. He was actually the most recent interview before today, I believe. Because if I look back over the dates, I think Doug Peterson was first, and then it was, in some order, Brian Flores, Jim Caldwell, Nathaniel Hackett, and Brian Dable over the weekend. And then Iberflus was earlier this week, and now later this week are the guys we mentioned earlier. So like, there's, there's been like five other guys that have interviewed, and yet Iberflus right away, second round interview, they're going to want to get that one in. And so says a lot about him, I think. I just wonder, I wonder about this process of getting to the second interview here before a general manager candidate is in place. Because I, 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 I generally speaking feel like you need to hire a GM first, and we'll get into some of that in a second here. But like, I'm okay with, even if, even if like I want to have a GM in place first, I'm okay with doing the first round interviews without a, a GM in place because so much of the first round interview stuff is is just like in you know gathering ideas and intel and because all these coaches are going to come to that interview and say here's my idea for Justin Fields here's the coaching staff I want to build here's the direction I want to take the team and George and Bill and Ted is excellent adventure we we finally have. You know, we, we have Bill Polian and Ted, so we can do a full Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure joke now with this Ted coaching search candidate. It used to have to be George and Ted, and it wasn't as wasn't as poignant of a joke, but now we do have Bill and Ted's Excellent General Manager and Head Coaching Search. 
they can then compile this full list of like, here's all the ideas everyone has spit at us. Here's all the really smart minds we've talked to. Here's a bunch of different ideas on how the team could be run. And even if we didn't like candidate X, we might have liked some of the ideas that candidate X had. And we can pass those along to candidate Y, or we can, you know, compare those ideas to the other candidates that are brought forth and and use that as as valuable information. I'm totally fine with the first interview thing. But the second interview feels like, okay, you go through all the first, you figure out who your favorites are, and the second interview is how you decide between all the favorites, right? It's like, okay, here's our finalists. Which of these finalists is the guy? Second interviews seem to be the time you, you pick who the guy is. And I want my general manager to be helping decide who the guy is. And I... I guess I wouldn't expect the Bears to have a general manager in place by Monday when they interview Matt Eberflus the second time. I mean, maybe it's possible. We haven't heard of any formal second interviews with GM candidates yet, and there are still some GM candidates who have been announced as candidates the Bears are planning to interview that we don't know when they're going to interview. And and so it could be a surprise weekend hire. I mean, I guess it's it's possible. I just it would be a surprise and would be a little bit you know out of nowhere as as this process is still very much sort of going on beyond the scenes. But but as as I think about the the order of operations here and why I, I, I like the idea better of having the GM in place already, it, it, to me, I, I want a very clear organizational structure and hierarchy, right? I, I, want, I want the general manager to be in charge of the head coach and to be, to some extent, you know, the, he's the head coach's boss. And so it, it's weird to me if the head coach is helping pick his own boss, right? How is that power dynamic going to go when, you know, when you face adversity, if the G, the head coach helps pick the GM, but the GM is supposed to be his boss and, and how that relationship might go when there's adversity and trouble. And I just, I'm just not sure. I, I just get weird feelings about that. And like, I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like an expert on like, here's how the organization, this, this is purely the best way for an organization to be structured. It just seems like, that's what's most intuitive, and maybe the Bears can sum up, come up with a, a structure that works really, really well, and, and by all means, go ahead. I'm, I'm happy to, to be wrong on, on that idea. It just seems like, you know, the Bears have not necessarily shown a strong organizational structure on, on the football side it, it, under George McCaskey, and so, like, especially with the way the Bears have it structured where the GM is really in charge of a bunch of football operations, kind of more so than other GMs that might have a football director of operations that handles some more, like, the you know, like the nutrition side and the, the facility side and some of those different things. And the G like some teams have GMs that just focus on roster building and evaluations and stuff. And the bears do ask their general managers to shoulder a little bit more than that. And so, you know, if they're, if they're restructuring their front office a little bit to give the coach more of that roster control and to make the GM do more of that other GM type stuff, you know, is that the, is that the plan? And maybe that dissuades certain GM candidates that wouldn't want the job. Maybe that's part of the Ed Dobbs thing, right? Like is, are the Bears saying, you know, we're going to hire a head coach at the same time and give the head coach more control? And maybe the Dobbs says, well, screw that. I don't want to do that. I, I'm out. I need, if I'm going to be GM, I need to be able to have control in my fingerprints on this because it's my legacy. And it's my team building. It's my job security that's on the line. And I don't want to have to rely on a head coach I didn't pick to build this team, right? So that, that's why I, I like the idea of picking a GM, let, bringing the GM in on the head coach search, letting him pick his head coach and really having that full sort of top-down structure and the hierarchy. I'm just not sure that giving the head coach more power, if that's if that were to be the plan here, is what's best for the Bears right now. Especially, I'd be I'd be more hesitant with it with a new head coach, a first time head coach who's never been a head coach before, 
giving them too much roster control, too much power right away seems like a recipe for them getting in a little bit more over their head. You know, maybe if it was uh, a more established head coach, like, you know, in the Jim Harbaugh type of family where it's like, okay, he's done this before and had some success doing this before and maybe has earned that opportunity or that trust of being like, okay, yeah, he's, he's done this as opposed to like Eberflus, for example, who's only ever been an NFL defensive coordinator for four seasons and was a college defensive coordinator briefly, but, you know, no other major coaching, you know, coordinating experience. He's a linebackers coach for a long time. I wouldn't want to give him wide organizational roster control necessarily because I don't know that he's he's proven it all that much. I'm perfectly fine with him working with a GM and, and having a say in those things, but, right, it's the actual how you're going to divvy up structure and organization that I'm curious about, and I that's why I'm I'm weird about the hiring a head coach thing first. And and so then, you know, do you end up doing a third interview with head coaching candidates after the GM is picked? Or are you just going to saddle the GM and say, you know what, GM, we picked your head coach for you. Get along. Because that doesn't seem like the greatest way to go about it either. That's Those are some of the, the mysteries and confusions and concerns that we have about this Bears general manager and head coach search. Certainly as more information comes out, we'll bring it to you right here five days a week on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We're free and available on all platforms, including the YouTube channel. Been appreciating all the conversation going on in the comment section. All the likes and shares have been very helpful as well. Appreciate the little community forums around the Lockdown Bears, whether it's there in the discussion on the, on the Facebook group as well. I think it really helps bring everyone more together here. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today and every day. If you're looking for a second listen, how about Lockdown Bulls, Lockdown Cubs, Lockdown White Sox, Lockdown Blackhawks, all of your Chicago sports covered right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. But of course, Lockdown Bears is the only one that's here to help you bear down.